The Church of Shi'ar Jeshub Christian Tabernacle of Madison, Connecticut is blessed to bring you this broadcast of Shi'ar Jeshub. Hi, I'm Patty Scalzo, and today we will be continuing the Heavenly Authority series taught by my husband, Pastor Greg Scalzo. The current sermon is from the book of 1 Samuel, chapter 16, where the prophet Samuel is instructed by God to take his horn of oil and go to Jesse the Bethlehemite for one of his sons to be anointed king. When we left off, Pastor Greg was making the correlation to the anointed one, Jesus of Nazareth. On the evening before Palm Sunday, Mary, the sister of Lazarus, anoints the Lord with fragrant oil, which Jesus says is for his burial. Now let's rejoin Pastor Greg as he continues the Sunday Sermon. And the Psalms speak over and over about the sacrifice and the ruling of this one who was anointed with the oil unto death. And that signifies him as the king of Israel. And we, like Samuel, have to fill our horn with oil and not be afraid, like Mary, to anoint him, to proclaim him. How do we do it? We don't have him here to pour the oil on his head, but we do it with our praises, our adoration, and our evangelism to tell others, to proclaim to others the good news that we have in the true King, Jesus Christ. Notice the anointing went before when he goes in on the donkey and is shown to Israel as their king humbly riding in to Jerusalem at the appointed time prophesied by Daniel. Here comes the king, the humble king, the one anointed unto death. So we go back to 1 Samuel, and 1 Samuel chapter 16 and verse 1, he says, the Lord says to Samuel to fill his horn with oil and go. He says, go, I'm sending you. So it's God's choice. God sends Samuel out, he's choosing the one he wants, and he sends him to Jesse, the Bethlehemite. Bethlehem means house of bread. And what a fitting description for the place, the small town that would give the birth of David, and more importantly, give the birthplace of Jesus, the living bread, the bread of life. Bethlehem, the house of bread, it's in the tribe of Judah, it's five miles south of Jerusalem. It's in the district known as Ephrathah. And Samuel here is acting in, he's acting under the power and the authority of God because God says, I'm sending you. He sends him to this very special place, the place where Rachel was buried, the place that was the original home of Naomi and her family. And we when we went through the series, we've gone through the scriptures, we really didn't take time to look at the, uh, the book of Ruth. But I would encourage you, it's a short book, it's a beautiful book to read. Um, and you read about Ruth the Moabitess, who comes back after her husband is dead with her Jewish mother-in-law, Naomi, and she marries this very responsible and faithful man that's a kinsman, who can redeem her, and there's a whole study to the kinsman redeemer, which we, we won't do now, named Boaz, who's from the tribe of Judah, who's in this town of Bethlehem. 
And when they marry, they have a son named Obed. And then his son's name is Jesse. And that's the one to whose house God is telling the prophet Samuel to go. He says, for I am sending you there, for I have provided myself a king among his sons. And it's encouraging to see how this Moabite girl named Ruth, who lived around the time of the judges, when there was a lot of chaos over in that land, how her faithfulness, that wonderful quote we have in Ruth chapter 1, where she says to the mother-in-law, Entreat me not to leave you or to turn back from following after you. And the Gentile girl says to the mother-in-law, For wherever you go, I will go. And wherever you lodge, I will lodge. Your people shall be my people, and your God my God. Where you die, I will die, and there will I be buried. The Lord do so to me, and more also, if anything but death parts you and me. The love she had for the God of Israel, how she fled from her pagan gods and desired to be one with the Israelites. And you think forward into the New Testament, the book of Acts, all those peoples from all those nations who fled from their pagan gods and ran to the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. And wouldn't it be fitting that this woman, this Gentile woman, would be in the lineage of Jesus Christ, would be the great-grandmother of David. And Boaz, the responsible man who takes the responsibility upon himself to, to take this girl in and her mother and to provide for them, and how he deals everything nicely before the elders. When there's another kinsman, you can read about that all in the book of, of Ruth. How wonderful the two of them are blessed, that their household is increased. Even as the elders told them at the city gates, they blessed them that their household would increase, and that Jesse would be the one chosen. Jesse has eight sons and two daughters. So God indeed blessed Ruth and Boaz. For I have provided myself a king among his sons. That literally means I have seen myself. I have seen myself a king among his sons. God sees a king there. He's provided. He sees a king. And it's interesting here what God sees as a king or as someone that's worthy to be placed in a position of authority versus the way the world sees a king. You remember how when Samuel was told about Saul back in chapter 9, it says, The Lord told Samuel in his ear the day before Saul came, saying, Tomorrow about this time I will send you a man from the land of Benjamin, and you shall anoint him commander over my people. So Saul was called, Saul was anointed, you read how he came from a powerful family, how he was choice and handsome. Later on, you read in chapter 10 that when they brought him from among the baggage, he was taller than any of the people from his shoulder upward. So he's more than a head bigger than the rest of the people. And Samuel said to all the people, Do you see him whom the Lord has chosen, that there's no one like him among the people? So Saul had great outward appearance. He came from a family with power and might. He's someone that God chose him. And we spoke about how he was humble. 
But God was giving the people a king they could accept. Look at him, Samuel said. Is there anyone like him? And there he is standing head and shoulders above all the people. People look at the outward appearance. And so Israel could accept Saul because of his mighty family, because of his outward appearance. Now when God replaces Saul, he looks at the heart. And he sees, he prepares, he provides a replacement for rebellious Saul that's after his own heart, an appropriate king. What does God see as king? As we read here, we get some indication of it. Verse 2, And Samuel said, How can I go? If Saul hears it, he will kill me. But the Lord said, Take a heifer with you and say, I have come to sacrifice to the Lord. Now, we've read about Samuel from when he's a little boy now to an elderly man. He's just left. We read the last time how he left Saul and he proclaimed in power the word of God. He wouldn't buy any of the lies, any of the deception. He declares with power that God is rejecting him as king. And yet here he is, he's afraid to go and bring the horn of oil, because if Saul hears, he'll kill me. And you see this a lot in the scriptures, and it's, sometimes it's befuddling, but if we think about ourselves, it's not. How there are moments that we're in the power of the Lord, and we'll do anything, right? You met Peter, I'll do anything for you, Lord. Even if all the rest leave, I'll stand by you. Elijah, Elijah calls down fire from heaven. Right? He has the servants of Baal killed. He shows the power of God. He stands up against all these numbers. And then he hears Jezebel wants to kill him, and he runs for his life. And he goes, oh, poor me, the mighty Elijah. It's amazing how human clay, how one moment we could be so faithful. Here's Samuel. He has all the wisdom. He's judged Israel. He knows the power of God. And yet now, maybe he woke up, maybe he feels his bones this morning, and he feels the age, and it's been a long journey, and he knows Saul's going to get enraged, and he doesn't want to deal with Saul, and he's going to kill me, and it starts to build in his mind, and fear comes in, and even the prophet Samuel, this wonderful man we read about, is human, and he's fearful. And it's fearing almost to the point of disobeying God, which was exactly what Saul did, right? Fear comes in and he disobeys God. Samuel here is about to do the same. We see Samuel, who was a very good man, still when it came to his sons, he didn't see it right away, right? He pointed them as judges. And just like Elijah, he becomes fearful. Because all sin, all fall short of the glory of God. And you say, well, what hope is there? If Samuel can't be faithful to the end, what hope is there for the human race? Who's pure enough, who's perfect enough to save mankind, to provide that which is needed for us? And the only answer is Jesus Christ, who was faithful unto death. And God really doesn't answer Samuel's fears here, does he? He says, take a heifer with you and say, I have come to sacrifice to the Lord. And then he says, and invite Jesse to the sacrifice, and I will show you what you shall do. You shall anoint for me the one I named to you. 
He doesn't really answer the fears. He gives him this official business to go on in Bethlehem and to do it and to listen to him. And he said, I will show you what you shall do. You shall anoint for me the one I named to you. And he must obey just as Saul should have obeyed. And you notice the wonderful gift of God here to the prophets. You know, the office of the prophet is one of the important parts of the study of authority. God is speaking clearly to Samuel. He's giving him a name, a clear name. Go to Jesse in Bethlehem. And then he's telling him, I will show you which of his sons. Clear revelation that will come from the Lord God directly to this prophet as to which of the sons of Jesse will be king. So Samuel, unlike Saul, is obedient. And verse 4, so Samuel did what the Lord said, and he went to Bethlehem. You have been listening to the teaching ministry of Greg Scalzo, pastor of Shear Jeshub Christian Tabernacle of Madison, Connecticut. We know it is terribly difficult to find the time to write in today's fast-paced world. But if you could find the time to drop us a postcard, your words of encouragement would be a real blessing. Our address is Sheer Jashub Christian Tabernacle, Post Office Box 518, Branford, Connecticut, 06405. Sheer Jashub Christian Tabernacle meets every Sunday morning at 10 a.m. in the upper room of the Madison Memorial Hall on Meeting House Lane in Madison, Connecticut. Take I-95 to exit 61. Go south to Route 1. Turn right, and at the next light, turn right again. May the Lord's presence overflow in your life as you serve Him.